We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. So the LA Rams will be the number two seed. They finish 13 and 3, a 13 win season for the third time in franchise history. I've been dreaming this my whole life. And so have you. Yeah. It's time to put in the work. Yeah. Every man go dominate. Boys, offense, defense, special team. Let's go. What are we talking about? Greg Zerline sends the Rams to the Super Bowl. Hey, 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 welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is Derek C. Paul, my co-host, my partner in crime, former Los Angeles Rams defensive back Michael Stewart. There you We're go. Here for the post game, the big night. Rams win 17-7 over the Chicago Bears, essentially eliminating the Bears from playoff contention. The Rams still alive with some work to do at six and four. Mike, how you doing tonight? Hey, I'm doing well. I'm doing well now. 
Is it for sure they're out of a contention? I mean, for all intents and purposes, yeah. I mean, four and six. We'll pull up the things real quick for you, just to uh, give a. Well, full I mean, you know, view. I mean, I don't know. They could win the next six games. Well, you have Dallas sitting at six and four, Philly at five and five. You have Minnesota eight and three, Green Bay at eight and two. You have New Orleans at eight and two, the 49ers at oh, nine yeah, and they, one, Seahawks eight yeah, and two, Rams six and four. Yeah, they're probably out. Yeah, so I mean, you have to, given their quarterback situation, especially for the <laughs> Bears right now, they got they are behind Carolina, Philadelphia, L.A. and Minnesota, and the Rams have some work to do themselves. They are six and four behind eight and three. Minnesota, they need they need help. And Minnesota's schedule is not all that difficult going down the stretch. So <laughs> the Rams need some help too. Need some serious help. But tonight to win, for your first thoughts, Mike, what'd you see tonight? Well, I see them uh giving Mr. Gurley the ball a little bit more tonight. So uh defense just overall just still is getting after it. And I think they're going to continue to get better and better now that Clay Matthews is back. Jalen Ramsey's been here a few more weeks. And so those things seem like they're going to continue to improve. And uh, But, yeah, it was good to see them uh, feed Mr. Gurley a little bit more and stay with it. They fed him early and often. Later on, things got a little hairy, but we'll, and we'll get into that. Overall, though, given the circumstances, you had three offensive linemen out, two starting receivers out. We have Robert Woods missing the game for personal reasons. We don't know what those personal reasons are. We just saw uh, just a few minutes ago the press conference where it talks about where Sean McVay is talking about just supporting Robert Woods. Uh, so we don't know what that's about yet. It does look like Brandon Cooks is coming back soon. He's he's making uh, making some catches before the game, but all those things in mind, shorthanded against a very very good Bears defense, very good Bears defense. And still a lot of mistakes being made by the Rams. Overall, I'll take a 17-7 win. After last year's debacle in Chicago, 15-6 loss, I'll take it. I'll definitely take it. 6-4, and four, okay. I don't know what happens to the Rams the rest of the way, but we saw a lot of good things out there, and we'll get into them. But overall, I'll take it. I'm sure you will too. Definitely will, definitely will. You know, this time of year when the chill starts to get on, Every win is crucial, so you take wins as you can get them, and every win is a win. It's real nice. I found it really interesting. The Bears are pulling Mitch Trubisky late. They're saying it's a hip injury. I'm not sure if that's really the case or not, but they can blame Trubisky. They can say how awful he was. The Bears had no running game for most of the game. The Rams shut down that running game, made him one-dimensional, forced Trubisky to try and beat him, and in that kind of game, I'm not sure you can blame Trubisky for that. Blame your blame your offensive line can open holes. Blame your running back, or you know, give some major shoutouts to a Rams defense that's that's been stopping the run now for weeks. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And the Rams have been solid on on knocking people out of their uh, preferred way that they want to do things, make them play play a little bit one handed. So the Rams had, uh, had another excellent night. Uh, with the run defense, so man, those guys get after it, and and is good to watch. It makes the Bears or any defense have to beat you in the passing game. There are a couple times tonight where we thought that might actually happen, but in the end, the Rams 
do win this game. And I think if the game goes in our 5-10 minutes, I think the Rams actually pull away more than this. They were starting to wear down the Bears at the end. They figured out that 6-1, finally, against the Bears, they made some plays. They forced the Bears to to uh, really try and stop the pass as well. And in the end, they burned them. So I think this game, had it gone on just a few more minutes, it's not a 17-7 game. It's probably a 24-31-7 game, the way they were playing. So we'll get more into that. We do want you to know we are sponsored by Jim Hawkins, Book Hollow's team. We also remind you that we're available anywhere podcasts can be found, including Spotify, Spreaker, especially Apple Music. We have a, a contest still going on there for five-star reviews. It helps us out. And, of course, don't forget our other shows, Rams Uncensored, Butting Heads, Rampage Radio. It's a pretty sweet thing we got going on with all those shows available to you. And about that contest. That contest is once with 200 five-star reviews. One lucky winner does get a personalized Rams jersey, hopefully Rams jersey, from NFLShop.com. It better be a Rams jersey. Maybe it's a personalized Michael Stewart jersey. Go totally throwback. Totally throwback. Totally throwback. This is how it works, though. Go to Apple Music. Leave that five-star review. Send an email with a screenshot at Rams.1945.gmail.com with a copy of your entry. Just a copy of it. That way we know who you are and who to enter the contest. And we'll also read your feedback on the show. Okay, one more thing before we get into it. I want to give a shout to our sponsors over at MyBookie. Here they are. Are you the type of fan that knows football so well that you can t- choose any game and call it? Well, MyBookie is the place for you because they let you turn all your sports knowledge into cash in your wallet. Between football season, NBA, and the start of college basketball, it's time to get off the sideline and get in the action with MyBookie. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little to win a lot, try Parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. Tired of watching the games from the couch with nothing to gain? MyBookie wants to get your mind off everything else and back in the game. Best of all, if you join right now, MyBookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. That means if you were to deposit $2,000, you can get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. If you're looking a little low stakes, put $100, they will give you $50. You'll be good to go with some free money. Just use the promo code MASSIVELATEFEE to activate this offer. Once again, that's promo code MASSIVELATEFEE to take advantage of MyBookie's generous sign-up offer. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. All right. Rams win 17-7. Mike, a quick look at the stats here. And it's not pretty. I'll run through them real, real quick, and I'll get your reaction. Let me know your thoughts. Let me know what the story is told here and what's not told. First downs, Rams are out first down to 17-12. They are 2-for-8 in third down efficiency. The Bears are 6-for-17. Total yards, 282 for the Rams, 267 for the Browns. I'm sorry, not for the Browns, the Bears. They are outplayed, and they're literally outplayed, total play, 74 plays for the Bears, 52 for the Rams, average per play, 5.4 for the Rams, 3.6 for the Bears. 109 yards rushing for the Rams, 74 for the Bears, they average 3.2 per carry, and the Bears 3.1. Total passing yards, uh, net-wise anyways, it's the Bears 193, Jared Goff was 11 of 18, 173. One interception for each. Could have been more for Jared. Got to be honest there. Johnny Hecker was on fire tonight. Six punts for 54.8 average. Penalties, six for 34 for the for the Rams. Two for 25 for the Bears. So not a lot of flags. A couple missed flags in the first half. Fumbles. 
Rams fumbled three times, one loss by Todd Gurley, first play of the game. Time of possession, 32 minutes, 44 seconds for the Bears, 27-16 for the Rams. That was uh, that was not the fun part. Individual plays, Trubisky for the Bears, 24-43 for 190 yards, one touchdown, one interception, one sack. Jared Goff, 11 of 18, 173 yards, one interception. That number may be deceiving. We'll talk about that. Tarek Cohen for the Bears, 9 carries, 39 yards, leads the Bears. 14 for 31 for Montgomery over there. Todd Gurley goes 25 carries, 97 yards, 1 touchdown, 1 fumble lost. Malcolm Brown, 5 for 15. Receiving, Taylor Gabriel for the Bears, 7 for 54. Receiving for the Rams, Josh Reynolds, 3 for 55. Cooper Cup, 3 for 53. Todd Gurley, 3 for 36. 1 for 20 for Gerald Everett, 1 for 9 for Mike Thomas. And, well, the kicking game for the Bears, 0 for 2 for Eddie Pinheiro. And Greg Zerline gets a field goal in there. Uh, real quick, tackles. Overall, Ha-Ha Clinton Dix for the Bears at 7 tackles. Roquan Smith, 11 tackles, 9 and 2. Also got the interception. For the Rams, Rams get 7 tackles from Troy Hill. And 8 tackles from Taylor Rapp, which was our linebackers getting those numbers. Mike? What do these numbers tell you? Sorry about that. Uh, I am absolutely here. Uh, the numbers definitely can tell a whole lot of different stories, but the one that I would like to focus on on the positive is uh, pedestrian in the sense of steady. Uh, I don't want to say conservative, but just steady flow. When you got to have it, you have it. You know, nothing super big but uh one of the big things i'm sure you know todd they could have got him over 100 yards you know 97 he's a few from 100 but uh rush rushing attempts were up a lot you know usage rate up to 25 i think the last couple weeks it was you know in the teens at that so it's good to see all those things working together which eventually opened up the uh passing game a little bit more down the stretch and it was really interesting how the Rams adjusted, by the way. All we heard when we were watching the game, if you're at home watching TV, all you heard third quarter, early part of fourth quarter was Chris Collinsworth. That 6-1, that adjustment, they're stopping the Rams, they're stopping the Rams, and they were. <laughs> but they were. just as we're starting to see people on, on social media complaining how the Rams aren't adjusting, how they're not doing this, they did adjust. They did adjust. That's how they got the touchdown. And it really should have been just a silly mistake for the illegal procedure, that should have been a huge touchdown, a 51-yarder for Josh Reynolds called back. I look at this game, and talent won out offensively. Even with the scores being what they were, I'm sorry, the yards, the performances overall, the talent won out. The Rams won this game. At times, they played like they didn't deserve it. The numbers are pretty ugly. But, you know, that Bears defense is pretty good. That's the same Bears defense that held the Rams to six points last year, forced four Jared Goff interceptions, if I remember correctly. I can't sit back here and just ignore the fact that that Bears defense is known for a reason. And maybe they deserve some credit for giving the Rams problems. No doubt. No doubt. I mean, they they have a definitely a formidable defense. And, you know, it's interesting that, uh, you know, you look at the missed field goal. I mean... Coming out to shoot, you miss a field goal, you know, early in the game. And then 
few series later, you miss another one. Uh, again, they're not chip shots. You know, 41 yards probably should be chip shot. 49 is a little bit not so much a chip shot, you know, with the goalposts that are now reduced. But at the same time, that's what those guys get paid for. And you're going to hear rumblings now because uh, when you miss those field goals, you end up losing the game. <laughs> it gets put on the kicker. So not sure what his status is in regards to his uh, overall salary and things like that. But those positions, they will change up in a heartbeat. And especially when the Bears have had such bad luck. They're going to go out there and go get themselves a kicker this week. And I'm going to prove it now. This game may be a different game if he makes those field goals. At least one of them. They're not, they're not chip shots, by the way. Just to be fair to the guy. They're not chip shots, but you need to make at least one of them. And they didn't. When the Rams turned the ball over twice, basically a third time on that penalty, the Bears had every chance to take control of the game, and they failed to do so. They failed to do it. Across the board, whether it's on their, with their offense, with their special teams, their defense kind of just gave things away little by little as the first quarter went into the second quarter and the Rams just started to grind them. They had their chance to win this game on the road, and they failed to execute when they had every opportunity. When the Rams were being sloppy, the Bears didn't, didn't capitalize on it. The Rams have just enough right now. Defensively, very good. Offensively, blah. But they have just enough talent-wise to win ugly. And that's what they did today. Against, again, a very good defense. But one thing I want to do, Mike, is, you know, last week we talked about the positives first and then we went to the negatives. I want to delve into some of the negatives before we get to the positives at the time because I don't want those positives to be shortchanged here because there were, believe it or not, I thought there were a lot of positives that came out of this game. I really do. Yeah. But what were some of the negatives that you saw throughout the well, game? Well, you the know, the, the thing is, it's another thing. Again, they're playing at home. And, you know, the great teams, and they are stellar at home, and then they go win on the road. It almost seems like we seem to be a little more focused or play a little bit better on the road for whatever reason. So I don't know if it's because it's, you still don't feel like you're playing in your home stadium, playing in a Coliseum or what it is, but it just seems like there's a lot of just miscues early on or just stagnant, you know, two and three is in outs, you know, or six plays and out and, you know, eight plays and out. And so uh, those kinds of things where you need to at least uh, sustain some drives to at least change field position. You know, you got a great kicker and, and Johnny Heckard, but you can't go three and out or series and out in your own territory, and you're not really changing field position because punter and Johnny Hecker, right? Yeah, I mean punter. Uh, yes, but you want to be able to change field position, so you have to, you want to at least pick up a first down or two before you have to punt. When you go three and out. You know, and you're starting at your own 20, 22-yard line, and you go three and out, you know, you don't get a chance to change field position. So you're relying on a punter to, you know, kick 80-yard punts to change the field position. Uh, but those kind of things, I think we just got to somehow shore up to sustain drives a little bit more. But I think they figured it out 
though it was late, they finally figured it out. But I was just glad to see that they were able to keep feeding Gurley and just stick with it because I think that really helped our young linemen uh, who did a great job today. Absolutely. The To me, the negatives were twofold. I thought the Rams were slow to adjust to the offensive problems early. I think they were slow to adjust in the second half when the Bears really moved into that 6-1. I think they were sloppy, as judged with some of those penalties. Just some of the stupid stuff they did. A couple of drops, Jared Goff, one minute. And I'm gonna, this is my this is going to be my weekly Jared Goff hit first because I got I have some nice things to say about Jared Goff later. By the way, a couple of those throws he made today were, I mean, let's just be honest, they're idiotic, they're awful, dumb decisions that could have easily been pick sixes. At least two of them, the one that Fuller dropped, and there's a one on a screen that was right out there on the right hand side of the field. I don't remember which Bears were there. This is third quarter. The opportunity was there, and you can't be making those throws, man. If you're under pressure and you're going to throw it away, it's got to leave the field. It cannot be in the field of play close to somebody. And at this point, Jared Goff, it being his fourth year, this is just going back to Wednesday's podcast, out of back to our podcast on Monday. You have to make better decisions. Now, later on, by the way, we're going to talk about some of those good decisions, but that is still an area that Jared Goff needs to improve on and improve on fast against teams that are, well, bad offensively and have good defenses, he might survive. Against teams like the 49ers or the Cowboys coming up, you're not going to be able to pull that stuff and get away with the win. You're going to get blown up ballpark. The Seahawks coming up too. Even the Cardinals. Cardinals are playing teams tough. Surprising me. So, Mike, what other negatives did you see in this game to work on? Well, you know, those types of things. But, again, the crucial times of when it's happening, you know, it just, I don't know. It just seems like, uh, I mean, you're knocking on the door, so to speak. And then that one interception Jared threw us, like, I always look back and go, well, just like my quarterback at high school, like, who are you throwing it to? You know, were you trying to throw it out of bounds? Were you trying to throw it in? Were you just trying to fit it in? But when it's so errant, you go, okay, how can you, quarterback, throws much, you've been throwing since you were little, young man, college, now in the league, like, how do you end up throwing a ball that bad? And just the overall uh, thing of what can trip you up, when you were lying on your defense, you know, and again, Chris Collinworth, that dude is funny sometimes. He's like, oh, yeah, just go for it on fourth down. Your defense is playing that well. It's like, yeah, man, that's if you make it, it makes sense. If you don't make it, then you look like a, a buffoon, if you will, because, like, why would you try to go for it against a pretty stellar defense, especially early on that they were playing? Nevertheless, the Rams are playing, you kind of play with fire when you're so sluggish and slow getting going, thinking your defense is just going to stop teams just over and over and over and over. You know, you're playing against other NFL players who can play no matter who it is. And on any given day, you can't have your defense just out there that long. Uh, but the defense did well to get themselves, you know, motivated to keep stopping them, keep stopping them until finally, you know, towards at the very end, 
you know, offensively, we, we somewhat got going, and that, that sealed the deal. That did irk me a bit. When that defense is struggling to kind of keep people out of there and the offense going three and out, going three and out, you need your quarterback to make plays, not make dumb plays, not go roll. He rolls out to his right in the interception, rolls out to his right. He's limiting where he can throw the ball now because he's almost on the sideline, and he throws into double coverage. There's like four bears there. Right. That's what Why I mean. would you do that? Just throw it out of bounds, man. You're Just already throw it there. out of bounds or run run yourself out of bounds. But yeah, you're outside the pocket. You can just launch it and no harm, no foul. Well, he doesn't want to take a loss, but you're he's gonna get hit, he's gonna get hit no matter what unless he gets rid of the football. If you get rid of the football, you're gonna be fine. If you run out of bounds, that's still better than the interception. But even so, where's where's the awareness there for him? And that is something that more and more people are picking up on. The awareness, just making better decisions. At this point, though, you got to start making those decisions. You're, this is year four. And later on, we see some of those good decisions. And, uh, man, his deep balls, man. His deep, his deep, deep throws. We got to talk about those because try and tell me how many quarterbacks in this league are better than that. When he's on, when Jared Goff is on, there aren't many out there who can throw a deep ball like him. But listen what you're saying, D.C. You're going, when Jared Goff is on, okay, we need him to be on, not when he's on. We need him to be on. You know what I mean? So I'm going to go back to what you were pointing out earlier in regards to just the schedule. So let's just look at the teams real quick. Minnesota and compare quarterbacks. Kirk Cousins seems like he's starting to hit his stride. Seattle Seahawks with Russell Wilson, we know what he can do. Drew Brees back, you know, I'm sure his his injured thumb is still healing even though he's playing, but every week he's going to get better better. We know what Aaron Rodgers does. He's just kind of a wizard. And Garoppolo, he may be getting a lot of pub, but he's, he's got a lot of help, got a good defense, and a number of guys. So when you look at those teams that are in front of us overall in the league, as far as uh, standings per se, you know, obviously uh, Dak Prescott is having, you know, somewhat up and down year as well. Uh, played pretty pretty good these last number of games. Oh, today is awesome. You know what I mean? So when you look at the quarterbacks that we may have to face, we don't have time for Mr. Goff to have one. No, we need him to be on. When I turn the light switch on, I want to see lights on. We need him to be Turn the switch on and let's get the lights on and stay on. Yeah, and it's kind of a paradox if you look at how this game played out and and how when he's making dumb mistakes, what's going on in front of him, and when he's making good plays, good throws. All right, Mike, the positives. The positives. What do we see in this game that we can look forward to? Well, positive one is you got a team that can grind it out. So if you have to win a low-scoring game, well, our D is pretty much built for that. You know, they're not going to let the score run away from us, so we should be in the game. Nice. Another thing is we can run the ball when we absolutely stick to it. And now that I think the the young bucks that came in today off that right side – uh, I think we have something that's going to 
help us down the stretch. Not I think. I, I know they're going to help us down the stretch. You know, every time you get it, more playing under your belt, you just get more and more comfortable. But, you know, we had one guy that didn't have any snaps, and, man, went in there and did a heck of a job. So you got a defense that can keep the score low. you got an offense that can run and pass. We just have to now get it clicking, and this is the time when you want to start hitting your stride this November and December. So hopefully what we saw tonight is the engine starting to rev up and we'll be off to the races. So when we get to the playoff times, we'll be ready to roll. But we got to get there first. And that's a big journey. You have to get in there first and the schedule is not easy. Baltimore next week, Baltimore 41 to seven over Houston. Say, look, they look legit. They look like a Super Bowl contender for real. We're going to have to talk with Kevin Keith this week from, from the Russell Street Report to give a, us you know, a, a deeper look at this team, but they look scary good. There were a couple of things today, though, that, that struck me. If these guys are capable of doing what they did, why weren't they playing earlier? Bobby Evans out there at right guard. David Edwards out there. Where have they been all year? They went, they, that wasn't just – I know the Bears are missing Keen Hicks. I know the Bears are missing Akeem Hicks, but that is still a heck of a Bears front seven. And the Rams held their own for much of the game. And when they put the 6-1 out there, and it was time to move and time to adjust. It took them some time, but they did. I don't think folks realize how well Jared Goff was protected for much of this game. He was rushed. He faced pressure. And yes, when he faced pressure, he had some ugly moments. But when he was protected, which was often in the second half, by the way, when running lanes were open in the second and third quarter, the Bears couldn't do anything with him. And later on, as the game's heading down the stretch, we started seeing that Bears defense breaking down. That's why I'm saying I think if this game lasted five or ten more minutes, it's broken wide open. It's not a 17-7 game. It's a 24-7 game or a 31-7 game. That offensive line showed some serious potential. And it's only, only the first time they've played together. And of all the linemen out there, the one that struggled the most, they seem to be Whitworth, Big Wit. That's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting going back to your first statement and or question or comment in regards to where have these guys been. And so it's interesting that in life and in these sports arenas, you have guys that sneak un, under the radar or you have these guys who are supposed to be these perennial all-stars, all-pros, and they fade, you know. And so it's kind of nice to, you know, they did make some good points on the uh, telecast in regards to uh, Les Need and the draft and different things like that and finding some some players that, that we have that were somewhat maybe under the radar, if you will. But you go in and you play, you show up against a stout their defense and believe me those guys are going to have a lot of confidence going down the stretch so that was just really really nice to see and we were just questioning the drafting we were starting yeah. to question Les Snead and Tommy, Tommy and I talked about this on Wednesday and he believes really if you hit on just a couple of your picks in the draft that's expected or if you can get people who make the roster and can contribute half your picks, it's fine. 
the contributors this season for the Rams have been Daryl Henderson, now Bobby Evans, David Edwards. Those three alone, who else have we seen? We've seen some others making some minor plays as well. Taylor well, Rapp. You got Taylor Rapp Taylor out there. Rapp, Jeez, my know. gosh. How did I forget Taylor yeah. Rapp? Hey, guess what? The, the Rams drafted pretty well last year, come to find out. Well, it's interesting, you know, when you draft a guy like Taylor Rapp as high as they did, you know, you expect him to be a major contributor. I don't know that they expected him to just be in there right now, but he's in there, and each game he seems to get more and more comfortable, more and more, uh, you know, name called a lot more. And so uh, the big thing, too, is eliminating some of the big plays that we saw maybe earlier in the season. So when you make a team have to do it to you a number of times in a row and just don't give up big plays, you have a lot better chance of creating turnovers or at least getting them to punt to you or turn the ball over on downs. And that's really the key thing as well, that they're doing the job. They're doing the job. I hope I hope it's not one game. Because I don't want to turn around and just praise Les Snead and then have to hit We'll hit him back next right. week. But this is the first time. I mean, David Edwards has played well since he's come in the lineup. It's been a couple weeks now. And Bobby Evans was a guy that took a lot of heat during the preseason for some poor performances. Maybe, just maybe, the reality is this. When you had Brian Allen come in there, starting at center, people forget that he did not play an NFL snap last year as a starter. Joe Noteboom played a couple snaps last year as a left tackle. Neither of those two guys came into camp having been stars in this league, let alone even, they're not even high draft picks. Brian Allen was expected to be a seventh round two and a fourth for some reason. They believed in him for some reason. Joe Noteboom goes down. We're starting to see him turn right before he goes down, believe it or not. We're starting to see him actually getting it. Brian Allen showed some flashes here in their struggle, but he showed flashes. Maybe it wasn't about poor drafting. Maybe it was just about the light turning on for some of these guys. And maybe we're seeing the light turn on a little early for Edwards and for Evans. We'll see, but it does restore, at least for a week, a little bit of faith in what the Rams have been doing, especially when they've been trading away their first-round picks. If they can keep drafting well and get getting players in the later rounds, then they can get away with the stuff they've been doing. Well, you know, one of the things that's probably a little bit overlooked, yes, it's the NFL team. Yes, people are getting paid. But if you know week to week you're not going to be the guy that's going to be out there on the field, yes, you're trying to prepare and do all those things. And I just use my own my my own self. You know, my last year with the Dolphins, uh, you know, I ended up messing my foot up, so I was inactive this game, inactive that game. You know, you don't know if you're playing or not playing. And at that time, being a 10-year vet, yeah, I was prepared as much as I could. But it wasn't like when I knew I was going to be playing that Sunday. So it was some games that I actually got called on in duty. And there was games that, you know, things didn't go as well as they would have had I known I'd been a starter that week though you're preparing and things like that. So I think what may be a little bit evident that, yes, you're you're preparing and you're paying, you're going to meetings, but now when you know you are the guy, you're going to make sure you're ready to go. And that's happening. That's actually really happening. And 
we'll see how this turns out. I'm sure defenses are going to look at film. Opposing defenses will. Like the, you, know, the, you know the Ravens are going to look at film and pick this apart now. And see if they can get away with it. You know they're going to come out next week and try the 6-1. And you know Marcus Pierce is going to be over there giving them information. Because who wouldn't? You, that's his team now. So we'll see how these guys respond. But I also want to say this. It was nice seeing Todd Gurley out there playing, Mike. It really was. It, it looked like a whole different player out there. You know, so, you know, as you're saying, hopefully this isn't a one-game wonder. I'm hoping the same thing in regards to Mr. Gurley. I mean, he looked like he was running like a running back. So whether it's the idea of people counting him out or maybe there was something wrong with him and now he's actually ready to go. But whatever it is or whatever it was, you could tell a distinct difference in tonight's game. Well, I honestly believe he's been in the doghouse. I believe I, I really believe that he and McVeigh had some things going on. Some stuff in the basement, <laughs> as we would call it, and they needed to work out go, going back. If you just listen to how he was talking on the press conference and talking about talking earlier, how he was behaving on the field, his by language, like I mentioned from the game last week, there was there's been something going on there. Maybe the necessity of the need to win hopefully brought those two together a bit. That's what I'm hoping for because if you have Todd Gurley in the lineup and then you run that offense through him, they're going to win football games. Next step to me is seeing him more out of the backfield. I had three catches of 36 today. I would like to see him catch it more. That's how this Rams offense works. Get those running backs out of the backfield, get them moving, and that opens up so much more. It, it's, and it protects Jared Goff too. Having a safety valve like Todd Gurley there that protects your quarterback. So why aren't you doing it more? Let's see what happens. Yeah, no doubt. I, I but you you made me think of something just when you were mentioning some things in regards to sometimes in an organization you may say something in confidence and hope it doesn't get back to your player or something like that. So there could have been something said in regards to let's just throw it out there you know okay oh man i can't believe you know we paid this guy and now man we're not seeming like we're getting a production you know i don't know but say something like that was said somewhere it got back to todd and now he was like oh is that how you guys feel about it okay well let's just make sure i'm gonna just watch out for myself so it's interesting as you're saying uh whether it's him, would you hear it in a news conference? It's just it was just random comments. It was stuff like you know you got to talk to the coach. I'm not the one calls plays. He calls the plays. Right, right. And all these yeah. different comments like that that normally in an organization you would you would go and say, hey man, stop talking like that in the media. Right. <laughs> why, why are you doing that? This little little comments like that letting people know he was unhappy, and yeah. it was obvious. I mean, I'm telling you, at the game last week in Pittsburgh. I'm watching all this go down. I'm on. I'm on the Rams' side. I'm watching Todd go in the fourth quarter, just standing there, not even not even at the 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 marker next to his coaches. So you knew he wasn't going in. He has helmet on, hanging back with a teammate. Yeah. So you, but he wasn't with his coaches. So you know he's not going in. He was just actually like, basically, exiled from the game. Yeah, yeah, interesting. So, yeah, these are the things that, again, go behind the scenes, but 
obviously something was going on somewhere and you know it may still be sometimes you know like like brothers you can have an argument we're not speaking and you know those type of things and then we get over it and everybody forgives and you move on you know there's that old saying that when he takes care of everything that's true to a degree but sometimes certain things if they're said other people just don't forget and it just changed the relationship forever and sometimes it's a game like today where you basically need each other. You need to win. And you need Gurley to be Gurley. And you as a head coach need to trust him. So hopefully in those situations where it pans out and it works, it goes a long way towards rebuilding this offense into what it should be. And also, just want to point out too, Jared Goff, he... You know, he played <laughs> He played pretty well at times in this game. There were times he made those dumb throws we talked about earlier, but we get on him about reading defenses. We have been a lot of late. It's, I don't know about you, Mike, but you, you're a coach, okay? And just me as someone who's been covering this team for a long time, you know, been a football guy for a long time, it's pretty clear when someone's prepared or not. And it's becoming clear, it's been becoming clear for a while that I don't think Jared's been 100% prepared some days. Whether it's uh, mentally, whether it's been through film prep or whatever. But it was really nice just to hear the announcing say, that was a great read by Goff. And I'm talking about the touchdown pass that was called back to Reynolds. Which was, was, by the way, a beautiful throw. A beautiful throw right there. Beautiful. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, even when you're looking at the, uh, you know, that final drive, I'm just peeking at those things. And, you know, you got a two-yard run with Gurley. You got an 18-yard pass. You got a penalty. You got a one-yard run. You got a seven-yard run. Ooh, big play. You know, 26-yard pass, you know, run. Another big play, you know, then you're in the end zone. So when you're looking at it from a perspective of this will be a series that you say, hey, man, we got to have something you know, you go from your own 29 and go 76 yards in four minutes and you put the ball in the end zone, that that says a lot. And that was needed because, you know, the Bears, it, it was 10-7 for the longest. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so, you know, hanging around, hanging around, like we said, we saw a couple turnovers almost, but you let a team like that hang around, hang around, and next thing you know, that's how you lose Kick, kick a field goal, put it in overtime. Now in overtime, some crazy happens, and then you go, "What just happened?" So I was, I was glad to see that. Man, those eight plays, you know, Mr. Golf did some good things, made some good reads, and and put the ball on the money. Guys actually caught the ball and made plays for him. So that's what you're looking for down the stretch at the end of a game like this. He he led, you know he. He did the job, and he made throws that we've all been saying he can make, but he hasn't been doing it enough. It's like his head's been somewhere else, you know? And the throw to Michael Thomas, that only Thomas could get it. I've been saying for the longest time, there's nobody in the league who throws outs as good as Jared Goff. Well, you know, there's nobody in this league who can throw a deep ball exactly like Jared Goff does. He has elite talent. And this is why we get frustrated with him, because when's the head going to catch up? When is the head going to catch up? 
unfortunately, sometimes the head doesn't catch up some quarterbacks. And that's what's scary when you sign this guy to a $100 million contract. So let me ask you, you've been watching him play now since 2016. You see some great plays and you've seen some bad plays. What do you think is going to happen with Jared Goff? Well, I think that this is one of those things when, again, Jared Goff just by nature seems like he's just a guy. He wants to be on the team, doesn't want to have a lot of fanfare. But once you get signed to a huge deal like he has, you're you're front and center. So you're no longer the guy that he probably could just slip in here, slip in there. Now all eyes are on you, expectations raised tremendously. And so all those things can be a situation that creates pressure. And so this year, you almost could expect that something like that could happen. People always want to say, hey, man, I can't wait till I get paid. But yeah, with that payment comes a lot of a higher expectation, or maybe you just put it on yourself. That being said, uh, as he's getting through this year, you know, it's one thing we have to not leave out is the missing person in Brandon Cooks. You know what I mean? So when you throw all those things in, you know, a guy like Brandon Cooks who can definitely stretch the field, and then even tonight, a Robert Woods who, for whatever reason, they said it was personal reason, things like that, uh, isn't there. Those are the situations that, you know, make the offense maybe not click as much as it could because you're missing a couple of those pieces that really make it uh, work like it's supposed to. So therein lies where coach has to come up with some different schemes, different game plans that continue to try to bring out the best and help, you know, Jared and the rest of the guys play at the best that they can play given the talent level. And by the way, we've been hard on Sean McVay as well. And Collinsworth was going after him the game for adjustments. Props to Sean McVay for the adjustments made on that drive. And what's really ridiculous is if you're watching social media and people are saying he's not adjusting. Well, no, he was adjusting. They weren't making the plays. The players weren't executing. You were seeing all of a sudden protection lacking. You're seeing them move, making a play call and a drop pass and another drop pass or a penalty. Sean McVay is adjusting when teams move into different things, but your players still have the responsibility of executing those plays, executing those adjustments. And when they finally did on that fourth quarter touchdown drive, the Bears couldn't stop them. The Bears had nothing for them. Nothing. And if you are a person who believes in Sean McVay, that's a good thing. That's a really good thing. So, you know, just some props out there to Sean McVay because he's taken some heat of late. And it's been deservedly so. He's made some bad decisions. But he's also still a heck of a young coach who's going to make mistakes from time to time. And if people keep bailing on somebody every time they make a small mistake, you know what's going to happen? He's going to leave. Go somewhere else where he'll be appreciated more. You can only last in a market like New York or L.A. or something like that unless you got support. You can't last in this market if you're constantly getting trashed. I mean, look at Luke Walton, for example, or other coaches who've gone through the city. They fold. I just want to point that out. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think, you know, and I think uh, McVeigh has been in the game long enough, you know, from a young man to, you know, his days when his grandfather was running Niners and all those things that he knows the lay of the land and the scenery and knows the expectations, especially being one of the extremely younger coaches in the game. 
and being here in LA. But at the same time, there's still a lot going on. You're playing in a rented stadium. You're waiting for yours to open. You still got some issues with that, though it may not be so much something that's bothering Sean, uh, Coach McVay. But at the same time, these are all things that can be distractions. And so that's the thing, at least that I found even at high school, is how to eliminate distraction, keep guys focused, because you're dealing with people who have lives outside of the game. So they have family, you know, whether it's a death or, you know, you're going to have a baby or just whatever it is, the day-to-day nuances of, of being with family and all those things that also plays into your mental makeup and as much as you try to make sure you're prepared and coming to work and doing your job and being ready for the game those things can weigh on individuals which could not allow you to you know have that edge that you need to play at a high level in the nfl and you need to have that edge every week out unfortunately you can't take weeks off you really can't not not in not in a league that has so much technology and so much, Absolutely. so many resources to beat you. Yes. You can't take weeks off. You can't count on the year before. Why do all these NFC champions come back the next year and struggle? You have the, the Atlanta gets, is just one quarter away from the winning the Super Bowl, and they've been a training ever since. The Eagles, in my view, last year and this year have more talent on their roster up and down when the season starts, started. Then they did the Super Bowl year, and they haven't put together since. The Rams come in this year, a ton of talent, but they're just not the same team. Well, you know, it's interesting you, you mentioned the Eagles. Who's missing from the Eagles team this year? Chris Long. Chris Long is, and also uh, a quarterback Nick by Foles. the name of Nick Foles. You know what I mean? So not that he's better, things or whatever they want to say when they compare him with Wentz, but obviously he was a key person in the locker room on the team. Him being there had some type of calming effect, it seemed, on the team because you would think with them getting D-Jack back to Sean Jackson that they would just be lightening up going downfield, but then he can't stay on the field because he's injured, seemed like, every other week. So, again, the injury bug. And like you said, Atlanta, they just look like they're about to just do a fire sale. Everybody, we're just going to start over again. You know, should they? No. But it just goes to show you how quick that Dan Quinn was on top of the world, and they're like, man, this guy's got to go. And that's how quick it can change. Well, I mean, it, it, you just, I mean, man, just hearing you say everything you're just saying, it just should be a reminder that you can't take anything for granted. Nothing. You, you only get, in some cases, one shot. The Rams got the Super Bowl last year. A lot of fun to watch. An offense that almost couldn't be stopped for much of the season. Many of us thought this team would come back this year and compete for it again. And I mean, I'm gonna be honest, they're a six and four team that is good defensively and blah offensively. That's what they are. They are not a very good football team. They're all right. Their their potential is still sky high, but right now, can we look in the mirror and say, Hey, this is a Super Bowl contender? No. Don't take it for granted. And 
the next time this team makes a run, I hope people can look back and go, you know, just enjoy it. Just enjoy it because you don't always get those opportunities. Every year is different. And right now this team just, you know, you you just can't take it for granted. You really can't. That's true. That's so true. All right. So it is late, folks. Starting to lose some steam. Mike appears to be losing his voice a little bit. Well, some of the head coaches on Friday night. Sorry, sir, that oh, your no. team took one on the chin. But no, um, was that? I was just, I'm just trying to see in my mind. You know, you reminded me of of the schedule down the stretch. You know, so you start looking at the games. And you go, hmm. You know, Baltimore Ravens. Do we have a defense can stop the the invisible magician guy in? In, in their quarterback, right? And then, but we're at home. Then we go to Arizona and we face another little magician type guy with that type of offense. But, you know, is that a better matchup? Then we're back home against the Hawks. You know, we just always seem to have trouble with the Seahawks, right? And then you're going to Dallas. And you would figure at that time they're going to be wanting to be in the hunt more, and then you go to Frisco. You know what I mean? So, as you're saying, not taking anything for granted, but, man, when you look at these last one, two, three, four, five, six games, I mean, it's, those are six games that, man, you need to win all of them, but then reality is, can you go four and two? I don't know. I think they can. I think they can. We'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. Yeah. I think they can. I think they can. But the reality is their playoffs are underway now. The Rams are in the playoffs now. Right. They're in now. All right. So it is time for us to go. It is late. I'm starting to fall apart on us. There you go. So, folks, look for sponsors. If you could, reach out to us at ramstop1945gmail.com or send us a voicemail at 657-666-5453. Also, you can find me on Twitter at DC Paul. You can find Mike at 1Do23. You can find Rams Talk at Talk Rams. Don't forget RamsTalk.net, the website. That's where we have our written stuff. And of course, you can find our podcasts everywhere from Spotify to Apple Music. For the entire team here, we'll talk to you midweek for the Ravens preview with Ken, with Ken McCusick from the, the Russell Street Report. Time to go. We are out of here. Where else can a city this loud be this left on? And 30 feet is still in range. Where else is history still in the making? The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. The NBA is back. Where else can a city this loud be this left on? And 30 feet is still in range. Where else is history still in the making? The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV.